Hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to the Mind and Body Alignment Podcast, your place for all things spirituality, mental health, physical health, becoming the best versions of ourselves. I'm so grateful to have you here. My name is Christy Roberts. I am a holistic health coach, an embodiment mentor, and life coach, and I am the creator of Alliance Living, which is a company for helping provide you holistic health services and stepping into the highest version of yourself through purpose coaching and health coaching. So thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful. And this episode is really, really special. I've been meaning to share this with you guys for a while, and I'm just really pinching myself a lot for dropping the ball a little bit. Um, But you guys know that I moved to Miami, and um, there was just a process over the last three months where I was in limbo getting settled and this has been on my priority list and yet um, (laughs) we're finally getting to it but this is such a sacred episode to me Um, we're talking with my good friend soul sister Bonnie Patterson and she is another coach an alignment life coach in this space and I just connect with her so well there's so many synchronicities that I have with her and her story and she is going to share her story with us today and the purpose and the calling on your life and also just creating the life of your dreams and using your pain using your story to help build your purpose so without hesitation or further ado i'm going to jump into this episode i hope you guys enjoy it please give this podcast five stars if you are using the itunes or no not itunes apple app and if you're on spotify make sure to subscribe screenshots and let me know what you like about this podcast but again this is coach Bonnie Patterson. You can find her on Instagram at Coach Bonds. So thanks so much for listening and I hope you enjoy it. All right. All right. I wanted to welcome everyone to this podcast today. We have Bonnie Patterson with us, Coach Bonds, who it's such a pleasure to have you on, Bonnie. Like seriously, it's been so many months that we've been trying to do this yes (laughs) like we keep trying to align schedules and I feel like over the last year or something it's just been like oh I have a podcast I have a podcast we're gonna do something at some point and finally things are aligning but a little background on coach bonds um CEO of mind and body LLC. She's a mindset and transformation coach. She has such an amazing story um, just with her transition from fitness coaching to mindset coaching to manifestation coaching, all of it. She does it all. She's the creator of Boss Life Blueprint, which is her signature course, which is basically an understanding of yourself and your entryway into reshifting your mindset starting to get past those limiting beliefs, 
tap into your intuition, heal everything that's been setting you back from your life and start creating the life that you were created for. And I remember going back and forth with you on voice notes of us being like, I, I had a shitty mindset. I had a shitty mindset. And to see you creating something so amazing is beautiful. But that's not all that she has. She has exponential abundance, which is a manifestation masterclass, which is a course for anyone who wants to get aligned with their highest self and learn the secrets to creating a life that you love, which is what we're here for. The remedy for abandoned resolutions, which I know so many people out here, we're trying to finally show up and do the things that we set out for. So this is the perfect, perfect masterclass to um, stick to the goals that you actually set out for. And then we'll talk more about your offers, but I just wanted to say you're also a Toastmasters champion, I see. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, what I admire so much about you is your confidence, your persistence and how you show up regularly. And the Toastmasters is such a cool thing that you challenge yourself to do over the last couple of years. So yeah, I guess that's, that's really what I wanted to highlight is your, your authenticity. And I think that's such a cool thing that you were able to just acknowledge that that's something that would help you grow in that way. Absolutely. First of all, thank you for that introduction. Like that was, <laughs> it just, um, it's an honor to hear and just see how you view me because it's literally how I look at you. I sit back and I just, I talk, I talk you up so much. I talk about your confidence. I talk about how like you were, you, you and Shana, I don't know if it's Shana or Shana. Shana, yeah. <laughs> the way that you guys, that you guys showed up consistently. Cause I found you guys during the pandemic when I had to, it was like 2020 and we're all stuck at home on our computers. And I was like, all right, I guess, um, I guess we're doing this online coaching thing. And I found you guys. And I just remember thinking like, at first I was like, the hell's up with these girls dancing all over the place. What? And then, like, and take my eyes off of you guys. I was like, but like, I'm, st I'm like, I'm like, so what is it about them? And then it hit me. I'm like, they are just, they are unapologetically who they are. They don't care. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, I didn't know at the time that that's like the element to my self-love or my development that was missing. But like over time, it just it started to unravel. And I remember the first time that I danced down the beach in my bikini with my beats on and people are looking at me like, is she fucking crazy? Yeah. It was, it was great. It was, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what they've been doing. And they do it every day. I'm like, this is amazing. So fun and unlocking what's within you. Yes. And it, it was, and when the first time that I did that, it was, it was around this time last year. And it was like, I came out of my cocoon. And after that, I went like balls to the wall of my business. I was like, I don't care what anyone thinks of me. I don't care what they're saying. I'm going to do what I was put here to do. And after that, that was my first insanely successful month of the, of my business. Mm -hmm. And then I just continued to flourish and grow from that day. And I'll never forget that day. So I just want to genuinely thank you for leading the way, setting the example and just showing me and so many other women, what it looks like to love yourself and not care what other people are saying about you. Just go out there and do it. Cause that's what you here to do. <laughs> mm, I have chills right now because this is just all of us collectively inspiring each other. I'm just equally inspired by you and how you show up and how how consistent you are and like seeing your vision and bringing it to fruition no matter what. So what's like more of your story in terms of like how you got into this space before 
the mindset before the unapologetic, like what cracks you open? Who girl strap in. <laughs> um, <laughs> so for those of you that don't know me, um, I am, I'm 35 years old and I have a 20 year old and a 14 year old. Um, I became a mom at 14, like I don't want to say like many women, but this is a story of similar women. It was not consensual. It was basically date rape by two of my close friends. And it was such, it was such a convoluted situation because I was already a juvenile delinquent at this point. I was already a bad, like a bad girl, but I had changed my life around. I started going to church. I was like, I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to stop, you know, thotting around, hopping in and out of cars, going to parties like a wild girl. I'm going to live my life for the Lord. And that's a whole another story in itself. And, and a, a quick version of it is they were getting ready to ship my ass off to a program. And I had like went, I was on house arrest. I could only go to church. And I remember going to the altar because the, the evangelist that was there that night was prophesying over people. And he was calling out people like one of you girls was here at whatever time last night or in your room last night, you were contemplating suicide. And one of you, and he was just calling people out. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's me. And I went to the altar and I got, um, as, as they say in church, slain in the spirit, if you will. Like I was out like a light at the altar for what seemed like forever. And all these little old elderly ladies of the church praying over me. When I woke up, I was like, I felt brand new. And I remember driving home from church with my pack of cigarettes at like 12 years old. And I threw them out the window and my mom was looking at me like, oh, wow. And so from there on, I was like, I'm living for the Lord. I became like a student leader. And because whenever I get into something, I give it my all. And I was like, we're doing, when I was like thoughty, I was like, we're doing it. When I was like, we're doing Jesus, I'm like, we're doing it. <laughs> and it was, it was the best time of my life because I had such a troubled past, even at 12. And people weren't either sold on it or, you know, guys just don't care. And I didn't really, I put myself in a situation where it's probably not the smartest one, but I was still a kid, you know? Um, and then that happened. And I remember thinking to myself, like, God, I, I did the, I did the stuff. I did what I was supposed to do. And then bad stuff still happened to me. And as a kid, you don't know how to make sense of those things. And so as a kid, what I decided, what my subconscious decided to program and live the rest of the next like 20 years of my life believing was that no matter what I do, I won't be seen as valuable. No matter what I do, I will always be a piece of meat to men. I will always be something for people to use. And Going forward after having my kid, because by the time I realized I was pregnant, I was six months pregnant. So I was in eighth grade gaining weight, not knowing why. You know how 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 strong your your human brain is. So after that moment happened, I blocked it out like it didn't happen. Like I literally took it and put it to the deepest like depths of my soul, like it never happened, and went on about my life. Um, they messed with me at school and tormented me, um, but I blocked it out and. I just remember my stomach kept getting bigger and I kept falling asleep in class. And I was like, what's wrong with me? So I started starving myself. So I couldn't figure out why I was gaining weight. And by the time I remember sitting in youth group one night with my little lanyard on my, you know, around my neck and I watched the lanyard go up and down like a wave. And I was like, this is some serious gas. And I just, cause I literally blocked it out. Like I couldn't, wow. my little brain, I was like, what's happening here. And then I went home and I was like, mom, something's wrong with me. I think, I think I'm pregnant. And then she kept saying like, well, did you have sex? Like, it's okay if you did, like, I'm not mad at you. And I was like, I don't, I don't. And then she, the more she asked it all of a sudden, like, boom, like a flood of memories that night came back. And I was like, oh no, oh no, oh my God. And we were already six months pregnant at that point. It was a whole full grown ass baby. Like there was no going back at that point. So 
I remember I was so, I was so embarrassed. I was so depressed. I didn't want to go to church anymore. I didn't want to like, I was like, I built up this whole new identity of a good Bonnie. And then for that to happen, I was like, dang it, man, I worked so hard to prove that I wasn't what everyone thought I was. And it's hard to even see how it's like a blessing in disguise at that point, because you're so young and it's, you're still moving through that trauma too. You literally created all these beliefs about yourself that are shattered. When you, I just saying that just now, I just realized that that was the, like when that belief was created, like Mm -hmm. putting the pieces together and because I was so young and back then they didn't have this, like they wouldn't cover teen pregnancies on your parents' insurance. They were like, what do you mean teen pregnancy? So in order to get insurance, I had to go away and be an independent person. So I had to go stay in a girl's home. So I felt like so alone while I was pregnant with my baby and home with girls who were so mean to me and hated me. So it was, it was not a, it was a pretty depressing time being 14 alone and pregnant and not with your family. Um, but not I still, by your choice either. That's the thing. Not by your choice too. Yeah. And trying not to be mad at the baby. Like just like, actually he became my best friend in the room. I just <laughs> talked to him all day. I was like, we're going to get through this kid. Um, but after that, um, we, we moved out of that neighborhood. So that was pretty traumatic. I was like, mom, we got to get the hell out of this neighborhood. I can't be here with these boys that live around the corner from me that did this to me. Um, and we moved to like the worst place ever, like crack dealers on every corner. <laughs> and I ended up getting into a very, very dark, controlling, abusive relationship with one of those guys because in my head, I'm like, well, he's paying attention to me and I'm, I'm 14 with a baby. Who else is gonna want a girl like me? And so I fell into this relationship with him and he was extremely physically, emotionally, psychologically abusive. He told me I couldn't hang out with any of my friends. He was a gang member and coincidentally, all my friends were the other gang. And so I couldn't see any of my childhood friends anymore. And it was just, it was, it was the worst like period of my life. Um, he got me addicted to like ecstasy. And then I started selling drugs with him. And then even though all of my, the, the craziness about me, I was still a good student. I still made really good grades, but by the time 10th grade rolled around, I was, I dropped out to sell drugs with him and to do all, to just, to just like throw my life away. I kind of given up on my life. I was like, it is what it is. I'll be a dope dealer's girlfriend, baby mama, and we'll have money and drive big cars. I and have chills right now. I have chills because look like the, just if little Bonnie could see you now, I, she would be so freaking proud. <laughs> is. A lot of the stuff I do now, a lot of like, when people are like, why are you always, I'm like, I'm doing that for little Bonnie. Yes. Okay, I never thought that we would do little this. Little Bonnie, she's, <laughs> she's living her dream right now. I, I literally go places and I'm like, look, we did it kid. So, <laughs> um, but like what, what, what that relationship made me do though, I never quit fighting. Like, even though he, I remember for a sweet 16, he gave me a black eye because he was crazy. He used to hit me on my head so that you couldn't see any marks. He was very, he was strategic in his control. Um, and the cool thing is though, I started to learn the business and I started to learn, I started to make my own connections and that's where like my entrepreneurial spirit kicked in. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm pretty and I can do this too. And guys will give me more because I'm pretty. And so then I started doing my own thing. And then I started running my own <laughs> business, if you will. And that, that, and then I, I got respect the hustle. <laughs> I was like, I, I learned the hustle. And then I went to college still. I remember I was 17. I still signed up and went to community college, got myself in there, um, started yeah, I started college at 17 and was just really living that like dope girl life for a long time. And then 
And when I decided I was done being abused and I was done um, playing this game, I was like, you know what? I'm actually good without him. We're not going to keep going back and forth. I'm ready to like fly solo. We went our separate ways. And then three months later, I found out I was pregnant with his kid. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like we have been going back and forth since I was 14. I'm now 20 years old and I'm grown out of that. I'm my own woman. I have my own place. I have my own car with my, and then I'm pregnant. I'm like, great. It was the worst news in my life. I'm not, I don't like, I remember hearing that. I was like, I was so free, had the baby. um, And then I later on that year, after I had my child, my second child, I lost my best friend to suicide. And it was something that I was able to like pull up and see. Um, You saw it. Like I didn't see the suicide. Basically what happened was, and this is the friend that my baby's father told me I couldn't see for years. This is one of my childhood friends that I cut off and we reconnected and we were hanging out. And I remember I was in bed one night. I wasn't a woman of prayer anymore. I'd kind of like lost touch with God after, you know, the rape and everything. Still very mad at God, but still very connected. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night and I was like up and I was like, what do you want, God? Like, what, like, do you want me to pray? Like for who? Like, why did you wake me up? And I didn't know what to think. I just woke up and I was like, all right, well, I'm going back to sleep. But I knew something wanted me to pray. And then I went back to sleep. And an hour later, somebody called me hysterical, screaming, John died at, you know, the time that I had woken up. And I was like, no, that can't be true. So I hopped in the car, rode around, he lived right around the corner from me. And I got there in time to see the ambulance, like washing his brains off of his car. And I remember just standing there like, I think that was when I was like, all right, God, I know I was mad at you for letting that happen to me. I was like, but I've been doing this thing on my own and it got me an abusive relationship. It got me. Yeah. I was like, this is, this is shit. I was like, like, we're going to try this again. Um, because I, I can't, it's not working. (laughs) This is not, this is not what I planned. So after seeing that, um, my childhood friend and I, like how he chose to go about his life and how he ended up there being so depressed and so caught up in like the, the I think he was getting sent to prison and he didn't want to go or he just couldn't deal with who he had become. So he did that. And I remember thinking like, we're still kids and we grew up in the same youth group. And I was going back to the church again to deal with my morning. And I looked around, and I was like, God, what can I do? Because this ain't like no, I don't want anyone else to have to experience this. I don't want anybody else's kid to have to do this. And so I started um, listening to God more and getting back involved in church and started working with the college students. Cause I thought, you know, I'm a college student. And then I got confirmation after confirmation, like, Hey girl, you need to be working with the teenagers. So I started going into the high schools and speaking and sharing my story and getting really involved with the youth ministry. And it was just like beautiful. Like it was like God put his hand on that. It was it was where exactly I needed to be. Uh, the ministry that I did as a youth leader was so fruitful. And I thought, this is it. I'm going to be a youth pastor. I quit nursing school. Like I got accepted into nursing school. And I remember like leaving, like the day we were getting our scrubs, I was like, yeah, no, this ain't for me. God's called me to ministry. So I left and I, I went and I, I registered for um, Southwestern Assemblies of God University in Texas and got my bachelor's in theological studies and youth and student ministry. And that's where everything started to really like turn because I was every, like for my entire twenties, I was a youth leader. I was basically a nun during my twenties. I completely like flipped the script and went back to who I was trying to be when I was a little girl, falls to the wall in church, missions, trips back to back. I don't walk this perfect path. (laughs) Yes. Like, oh, and then I don't even, and I didn't even like realize how much I was being legalistic at the time. Cause I was just so much like on fire for Jesus, but I was also very much um, 
doing things to prove to people and to prove to myself and to prove to God that like I was worthy. Yeah. Like, look, I am valuable. Look, 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 I, I can do things besides, you know, but that narrative still underlying. That's like, I'm not worthy enough. Yes. And I didn't know that. I did not realize that. I thought I was doing the work and I was, but it was the energy and the intention behind it. Um, and so I was on my path to become a pastor and everybody knew, and it was this big thing, like Bonnie's going to be like an amazing pastor. And like, it was just, that was the story. And then when I graduated, I remember my, I went to a mega church. So my perception of ministry was everyone's doing well. Like the church is fruitful. The church is growing. Uh, you'll do well. Um, and then I didn't realize I wasn't even thinking about the fact that most churches don't have a youth group of 1500, you know, most that's our youth group. Most churches are lucky to have a ministry of 1500, but our high school ministry alone had like 700 kids. So, um, I didn't realize that that wouldn't be the most uh, stable way to support my family. And it's kind of like when your dreams start unraveling and I would apply at church after church, after church, after church, after church. And I had all these credentials. I had all these awards from the church. I had all these years of experience. I had all this stuff. And I thought I was set to go. I was like, this is a done deal. Like it's in the bag. I'm getting recommended by one of the biggest like churches in Orlando or the biggest church in Orlando. I was like, I got this. Mm -hmm. And then I had started to get the runaround and like, oh yeah, we'll get back to you, get back to you. And then, and then like, even when my pastors would recommend me like, no, go talk to this pastor. I told them about you. And then they would give me the runaround. And then the people that would offer me money or offer me like $200 a week to relocate. And I was like, I've been waiting tables and I can make that in a day. Um, how am I supposed to feed my family like that? And then slowly the reality of this isn't going to work out kind of hit me. And I started to go down like a familiar road of God. What, like I did the stuff. I, what, what's, why is it, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and slowly but surely I started to go into this dark pit of like failure. Cause I was, I thought that was it. That was my ticket. Like I went to school. I, I, I was so, I had my identity wrapped up in what I thought I was supposed to become. And when that didn't happen, it wasn't just the death of a dream. It was like a loss of identity. It was like so many things felt stripped away from me that I didn't even know what was happening. I couldn't process that until now, but it was like the loss of an identity. And I, I mourned that for two years mm -hmm. and I felt like a failure. I was embarrassed. So once again, I cut off everybody from the church. I couldn't look at my students. I was so embarrassed. I, I started like, I went deeper and deeper into this dark place where all that I did was just smoke all day long and just drink all day long. I, even at work, like I would, I remember pulling up to work my 12 to 15 hour shift at city walk and I'd be chugging a bottle of, you know, a shaker bottle. And yeah. my was like, what's that? I'm like, it's sangria. All right, let's go. Let's do this. And I would drink like a bottle of sangria before going into my shift because I was so like, done. I was like, I hate this job. I hate where I am in life. I hate that I tr I did the stuff. I went to college. I, I helped people. I, I took in so many students during my years as a youth leader. I had, I, I homed so many students over the years. I just gave so much of myself to the church and to the ministry and to feel like it was all for nothing. I felt stupid. I felt embarrassed. I felt just so many emotions. And I was very mad at God. I was like, how could you do this to me again? I didn't, my relationship with God was not yeah. like I thought it was. <laughs> and I was like blaming him, like rather mm -hmm. than kind of like looking at yourself and being like, what needs to change? What do I want actually? <laughs> and, and then seeing the bigger picture, like if there's one key lesson that changed my life, it's, it's what is, what lesson are you supposed to be learning here? Because 
I believe that pain without a purpose is torture, but like, if you can find the purpose for your pain, then, then, then that's, that's yes. set free with that. But I couldn't, I was never looking at the big picture. I was always me, me, me. I didn't get to become a pastor. I got this happened. This happened to me and me, 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 me. And I didn't realize how focused on myself and focused on my problems and focused on my story. Yes. I was so stuck in my story that I had created this, this, um, helpless, poor, single, struggling server mom that nobody will marry because I have kids from two different kids. I'm a struggling, single, broke, sober mom. And, you know, the church should help me and people should give me a job just because of my story. And now that I look back, there was so much entitlement there. So much entitlement because I lived through trauma. I'm entitled to a good life. That is so not true. And I don't know, I hate to to say it like that, but that's kind of the dream I was sold from church is that like, you know, you and that's not like to put the church down, but I kind of gathered that I went through a lot of stuff. So, you know, God will repay me. And it's like, yeah, but you don't know when, so, or you don't know like what that's going to look like. And you also need to grow. You need to heal. You need to stop sitting around waiting. There's so much of the victim mentality. And this is like a critic, just a critique I have sometimes of like, just leaving it outside of yourself too. And like looking to the church only is like, it just creates this victim mentality that you're like waiting for a miracle and waiting for a miracle. And you try one thing after another, after another, rather than also taking accountability for yourself and when you need to pivot. And empowering mm. yourself through the pivoting. And you've had Girl. to pivot so much. And so each time you're you're left with like bam, all oh, and it hurts. It hurts with you if you don't take that accountability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that had zero accountability. I was very much the church should be taking care of me. Um I, God, where's my husband? Like I was just waiting just to like, or I was just waiting, like, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Um, and then just, just, I don't know. At some point though, I kind of just gave up on myself and was like, all right, fuck it. We're a server. I got, I make good money here at Universal. Um, a lot of good, like, you know, I have all these benefits and perks, whatever. If I'm a server for the rest of my life, it could be worse. And I kind of, and it was when I made that shift that things started to change. And it wasn't, I thought I gave up, but it was more or less like me accepting things and stop. And I released attachment to the outcome, which is a major theme in my coaching is you got to release attachment to the outcome. So you went to college that (laughs) you went to college, you didn't get the job. That's okay. You don't know what else is going to unfold. Stop trying to dictate the way your story's written. Like girl, you have no idea what he has in store for you. Can you, can you hold on for a second? And when I finally was like, you know what? I'm not going to be mad anymore. I'm not going to be mad at the church anymore. Um, there's so many other layers be- behind why I left the church. It was also like around the first wave of Black Lives Matter. And I have a very Black son. And the, the things that people were saying that we had grown up with, I was like, oh, that's not going to fly. So I was already, it was like everything happening at once, not getting the job at church, seeing how people are responding. Um, like it was a lot. So everything happens for a reason at the exact perfect time. And because of that depression, because I got to my darkest, lowest place, just like when I lost my friend, I got to my darkest, lowest place. I was like, all right, God, let's, let's talk. Um, except this time it didn't look like me going back to church necessarily. It looked more like me working on myself, like, all right, bonds. So what if God never sends you that husband to help you raise your sons? Are you like, are you just going to sit around waiting for that? Or are you going to, you know, make your lives better on your own? I'm like, I I can't, 
we can try that. All right, Bond. So you didn't get to become a pastor, but you learned how to lead retreats. You learned how to lead workshops. You learned how to, to write sermons and you learned how to make the Bible understandable, digestible, and paint the picture so that people can understand it. You are a master with words. You are great with communication. What can you do with these things? You have an amazing story, Bonnie. What can you do with what he's given you if it's not at the pulpit? You even said it when people used to tell you like, hey, Bonnie, it might be hard to get a church. I literally would look people in their face and be like, hey, God's calling on my life is bigger than a building. And I spoke that over myself and didn't even realize that I was speaking my, my future into existence. People used to always tell me like, yo, Bonds, you're like, you're like such a cool Christian. You ever think that like, if you left the church, you'd be able to help more people. And I'd be like, you blasphemer, the Lord promised me a church. You know, like I was so legalistic. I was like, no, I would never, I'm going to be a lady pastor. And now to this day, I still message that person. Like, thank you for planting that seed. Cause I would have never seen it. I would have never embraced that idea. So I took what some people in our space would call a masculine approach and reverse engineered where I wanted to be. And I was like, what do I want to do? I'm like, I've always wanted to speak. So I want to be a motivational speaker. And I was like, all right, cool, toots. Um, what kind of people get paid to speak? Because it's not enough that you overcame, you know, your rape, not for nothing. Almost every woman has suffered rape. You've got a connecting point, but what's next? Okay, so you survived um, domestic abuse. Great. Again, lots of women have done that. What are you showing them? Because it's not enough just to survive. You need to show them what it looks like to thrive. And I'm like, all right, how can I thrive? Like what kind of story of not just surviving, but victory over triumph can I show them? And then also, you know, who, who do people get paid to speak? Like, who do they pay? So I was researching it and it was like experts, authors, and coaches. And I was like, okay, what am I an expert in? And I was like, overcoming obstacles. I'm like, I got that, Bonnie, what else? And I was like, I don't know. So I kind of put it in the drawer for a couple of years or literally, but I wrote out, I remember writing motivational speaker at the top and then like coach and author. And then I stopped. So I was like, okay, so I got to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <I was> like, <laughs> I'm gonna write a book about my life. And I had it on a tablet before I had money for an iPad and the tablet died with all of my writings. And I was like, all right, I give up on this book. That's cool. So then we started back at square one, like, <laughs> like just not going anywhere. But then I came back to it. And um, when I started working out again, because after I realized like, hey, you know what? Life is not so bad. Yeah, you are a server, but you make great money. You live in Florida. You can take your kids to Universal anytime you want because you have this. I started to focus on what I had. My yeah. mind shift from I'm like, you get to go to work and get several hundred dollars a day. You get to take off and get paid PTO as a freaking waitress. You get to do all these things because you're at this amazing company and you hate this job, but look at all the opportunities that God has given you. Do you know how many women do not make as much money you do and work harder than you do or work more hours? You get to take off when you want to. And I was like, yep. And once I started to focus on what I really did have, my, my mindset shifted. And I was like, wow, I get to do these things. You know what? I also get to take my ass to the gym and, you know, maybe you know, do something, you know, do something positive. And then I met this female coach. Um, I had two coaches before that that didn't work out because I was depressed and they were not sympathetic towards that at all. I was just a number to them. But this lady like did life with me through our workouts. Mm -hmm. If I came in hungover, um, the other coaches would be like, oh man, that's going to mess with your gains. I came in hungover. She'd be like, mama, why, why you knew you had a session? Are you okay? Why would you get this messed up before your session? Like she talked me through and oh made me really examine myself. Versus being, she, she, she like lit me up. And after yes. that, like once I got in shape, 
I was like, all right, okay, okay. I want to do what she did for women because she's just my personal trainer, but she helped me. She was also my life coach. So how do I do this? And because the algorithm knows you, um, all the, the, the certifications started popping up and I saw Health Coach Institute. Well, the first one was John Maxwell because I was in church and I grew up listening or I studied John mm-hmm. Maxwell leadership. And I was like, I will do his, his speaker um, leadership thing. That's right up my alley. And it was $10,000. And at the time you might as well have told me it was a million dollars. Cause I couldn't wrap my mind around that number. And I was like, all right, John, we'll try again later in the future. What else can I do? <laughs> and I was like, that's not going to fly. And I saw health coach Institute and I was like, okay, we can rock with health coach. Let's rock with that. And I got certified in that. And then the algorithm was like, Hey, we noticed you're into health and fitness. Do you want to be certified as a personal trainer too? I'm like, I do. So <laughs> I did that. And before I knew it, it was like the ball just started rolling. I started getting in the momentum or as Abraham Hicks says, I was in the vortex. Everything started going my way at work. I got employee of the month. I was losing weight. Now my confidence is just growing and growing. And this job that I used to hate, I'm now getting recognized for how hard I actually do work. So now I feel good about myself again. Now I'm happy to go to work. Now I'm constantly vibing high. Now people, oh girl, you're looking good, girl. And it just kept going. It just kept spiraling upward. Um, And then I got the certification. Now I'm training people on the side. were watching me like, yo, we watched you lose that weight. Can you train me? Yo, I, like, and it was just like, I didn't have to look for clients when I first started. God was just, uh, and because I came out of a mega church where everyone knew me and I had such good rapport with people, whether I left the church or not, people knew Bonnie. So when they wanted a coach, everyone came to me and I looked up and I'm like, those years that you thought you wasted God set you up lovely with such a base of people who know you already, who like you and who trust you and who will pay you. And I was like, wow. And it was just, it, it was so much divine favor. And I didn't even realize it, but the, the personal training, like that was my ticket out of serving and slowly, but surely, like I made a promise to myself that 2020 would be the last year that I asked someone how they want their steak done or their, what kind of beer they want. And in 2020, as like a a birthday gift to myself, I quit. That was my last day serving. Um, But before that, I was working seven days a week at this point to get out of the restaurant. I was in the restaurant um, on the weekends and then in the gym training people Monday through Friday. And then in between then driving to people and training them and life coaching them. So I had no days off, but I was determined to get the hell out of the restaurant industry after 15 years. And then 2020 happened and, um, you know, I quit the restaurant and was full-time in the gym. And I was like, okay, we'll do full-time gym and we'll slowly build up our online presence. And then St. Patrick's day, 2020, the gym's closed. And I was like, all right, I guess we're going full-time online. God, I see you. (laughs) You already have a plan. (laughs) Like, I was like, this is, I, I love it. And then from there, it was just like, everything else is more like deeper personal development, but that was the story. Sorry, that took so long, but that was the story of how we got from that shit show to creating everything that you mentioned in the beginning. Oh, I love your story so much. And there's so many parallels that I, I, I share, and I know a lot of women do as well. And the, the best part about it is that upward momentum that you spoke about, like pure alignment. So you transition and just ran full force into something that felt aligned for you without even really knowing about it, whether it was like alignment or whatnot, you're trusting God, trusting your path and seeing the blessings manifest in front of you. And you had another pivot. So you said you had a spiritual enlightenment around that time too, or was it, I wasn't really, I'm not going to lie. Like I was 
learning to forgive God. It was maybe within the last year or two that mm-hmm. I was comfortable, like praying again, like listening to worship music used to like rub me the wrong way for a very long time. I was so mad. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone, I feel like everyone has their own complex relationship with God in general. And I know I did too. And so like transitioning, I guess, into like more, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is my path. And this is what I'm called to do is just like, is you following through with your purpose and you transmuting that pain into purpose is like the most beautiful part of that story. And the fact that you've been able to impact so many people and, and reach people and use every single phase of your life to create this point that you're at now is the coolest part about all, all of it. Um, and I have, I think like what was interesting to me is when you decided like, okay, fitness coaching is no longer something that actually aligns with me. Yeah. That so was- <laughs> <laughs> talk to me about that because I, I understand that it's like, we, I'm actually called for so much greater. You already had in your vision, you had, okay, I want to be a motivational speaker. I want to be, I have to be a coach, an author. You had these great things already lined up. So you're hitting coach and you're fulfilling that out. So what was the moment where you were like, okay, wait, there's more. (laughs) So again, like, so coming from 2020, knowing that I never even really wanted to be a fitness coach. It was just kind of my way out. Like when I saw that, I was like, this can replace the serving income. This can really happen. Um, I knew that it was supposed to be a stepping stone, right? Um, The thing is, how would I say this? Hitting a certain point in my my fitness business income was more or less like I wanted to prove to myself I could do it. And after I did, and a lot of, if you have online coaches, like, I don't know if they can relate to this or if they're more spiritual coaches like you, like we'll be able to relate to this after I hit that goal that, you know, what month I'm talking about, I realized, yo, mm. I don't like, if I keep growing, that means I have to keep doing this. Yes. I'm like, if I want to sustain this, cause we don't want to be complacent. It's not that I want, well, no, I'm not gonna lie. I'm going to be a billionaire. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, yes, you, we I'm are. Like, I'm gonna be a billionaire. <laughs> But like, I was like, I, it's not that I'm afraid of making more money. It's that I'm afraid of making more money in this way, because this is draining of me. And one of the things that I, that I speak, like my tenets of coaching is that when you notice resistance, it's only usually for the most part coming from two places, your lowest self shadow, inner child, who's scared, who's uncomfortable. This is new. This is foreign. Oh my God, I'm afraid of success. Or, oh my God, I'm afraid of these, these new levels. Can you come back and comfort me and tell me it's okay. Or pieces of you that you need to address, like my, um, inability to stick to my workflow because I'm so whatever I need to go back and talk to that body and be like, Hey girl, this is, this is what we got to do to move forward. Mm-hmm. Or it comes from your highest self being like, we ain't supposed to be doing this shit. No way. Exactly. If you don't get out of here. Exactly. So I felt so much resistance after that first big month. Um, and I continued to sustain it more or less. It was, you know, like, you know, um, I just realized there was so much resistance to it and I couldn't figure out why. Um, it wasn't so much resistance to posting. Cause to be honest, I love social media. That's why I show yeah, up. No, me too. I, I love social media. It's more of like that draining energy that I'm so intrigued about. Cause I've experienced that in my life. I know so many of my clients have experienced the same thing of like, this why is this taking so much energy to do something 
Yes. So <laughs> client check-ins, as much as I enjoy the coaching, I would realize that like my client check-ins would take hours and other people are knocking it out in like an hour. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Um, yeah. <laughs> or like the way that I coach, it's not necessarily like a rapid transformation because I care about your metabolism and your relationship with food and your relationship with exercise. So I'm not going to put you through a strict boot camp and cut your calories down to nothing so that now you can't, you got to keep eating nothing in order to maintain mm-hmm. what you created. I don't do that. And so I started to notice like, dang, I don't have as many like before and after pictures as my friends who are just rapidly just spitting out transformation after transformation after transformation. And then I started to second guess myself like, dang, I'm not that good of a coach after all, am I? And then it was just this whole like, compl- like, and then I didn't feel, I, I was not in a line. I'm not going to lie. Like I did not feel an alignment charging um, the amount of money that was like market price for the program. And it's, it wasn't, that I didn't believe in myself. It's because that wasn't like, that's not where I wanted to devote all of my energy. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I love fitness. It is a part of my life. It is a part of my transformation and it will be a part of yours as my client. But the biggest transformation is within. And for me, accepting that amount of money, I want to do the work with you. I want to be your life coach and take you through that journey. And I started to realize, I looked through my testimonials and all of my people, like I'd always cringe when they'd start because they'd always start with, well, I didn't lose the weight I wanted to. And I was like, this isn't going I know. to work. I was like, this isn't going to work. But then they would go on about what an amazing life coach I was for them. And I was like, okay. And it's like, Bonnie, read the room. <laughs> and I refused to read the room. Um, I, there's a parallel to that. Like when I was in youth ministry, we did hip hop dances, me and my best friend, he's so freaking talented. And he was the choreographer for the students and I was the mama. And when he went to New York to pursue his dreams of dancing and acting, for whatever reason, I stuck around and tried to do another hip hop dance group, knowing I don't know how to choreograph shit. Like I like to dance, but I can't choreograph. And it was so much resistance. Like I, it was so hard for me to put together a routine. Nothing was coming together. The kids wouldn't show up. And I felt like such a failure. And it's really like my highest self was like, yo, that was around the time when I started to slowly branch off away from church. Like that chapter had ended. My best friend that we did ministry together, he moved on with his life. Um, I graduated, didn't get into you know ministry. And it was time to move on, but I was still trying to stay stuck in that chapter. And now I can see the big picture and that's what was happening. And the same thing with fitness coaching. It was like, okay, Bonnie, you reached the goal to prove to yourself that you can run your own business. Congratulations. It's now time to pivot. And I should have pivoted mid 2000, last year. I should have pivoted last year earlier, but I had already um, brought one of my manifestations to fruition, which is living in this expensive ass apartment. So now I have this crazy amount of rent and it's like, you can't pivot because this is what you built your business on. Your business is called body by bonds. You know, like what? Like you are a fitness coach. This is what you do. And I was like, what have I done? (laughs) And I'm like, now I don't have time to take life coaching calls. Chrissy, I remember one week when I sat down to get real with myself, I was like, you have 19 lives on top of coaching calls, on top of, how the heck did I have 19 lives? Oh, between the Zooms, I was working for another coach. So I did two Zooms in the morning for him. Um, I did a live for my podcast and then I did a live in my client community and then a live in my free community. And then because I was like, I just, I counted, I was like, how did you, how did we get here? Oh, and you have hour long coaching calls back to back almost every day, like five hours worth. And you have fitness clients. I was like, yo, I was sleeping four hours a night and then the business mentorship I was in was heavily masculine. So they're like, grind, grind, grind. And I was like, okay, like chugging monsters. And I'm like, I'm not like gaining weight too now because I'm not leaving my desk. 
and I'm at my computer just all day. maintain this fitness business. Just, yeah, and I was like, and dude. you're not even, even into fitness anymore because you're getting out of shape. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> what's funny is I was still working out, but like, I wasn't tracking or anything. But yeah, I was, but the resistance manifests in your body and it's like, yes. okay, when are you going to look at this? When are yes. you going to look at this? <laughs> And I didn't even, and I have nothing wrong with fluff because I know that no matter what happens to my body, I know how to get it back. So it wasn't right. the fluff that bothered me. It was like, what are you even doing anymore? Like, do you want to spend another year like this? And then I looked at the other coaches who were in the container I was in and they were crazy. Love them, but they're crazy. They'd be on vacation. Like, I love my clients so much. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm on vacation, but I'm doing check-ins. Like they were on a live talking. And I was like, I don't want that. And that's when it hit me. I was like, I don't want to be a 30, 40, 50, $100,000 a month fitness coach. That is not what the Lord has for me. No. Um, no. And, and then I think it was the fear. It was the fear of finally taking off all of the, um, I had this vision for my highest self. It was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I was um, doing so many things. I've, I've already at this point now, this is November last year. October. And I'm a mindset coach for my former business coach. She hired me to come back and do that for her container. And it was such an honor. Um, so now I'm doing that. I'm coaching her clients and my clients. And it was, you know, a lot. Um, and I just felt so trapped. I was like, I don't get to do anything that I really like. I, I don't have time for myself. That's why I felt trapped. And I wasn't in alignment. And I remember I went a little high on my porch and was like, hi, self, we need to talk. Like, what am I doing? And I just remember she showed me, me like in a box and me trying to stand up and come out of this box. But all around me, there were strings holding me on to all kinds of things. She's like, you've got the, you've been in a box from religion. You couldn't speak your mind for years in church. You couldn't curse. You couldn't talk about racism. You couldn't talk about, you know, your bisexuality. You can talk about anything. You've been in a box. And then she's like, you also got this string here from the men that have manipulated you and held you and put you down and told you not to go big and not to do this, not to like that. The ones that doubted me about my business, that my baby's father that tried to make me, you know, a shell of the woman that I was supposed to be been held down by that. And then like after, like she just kept pointing out all these ways that I had been holding myself down and trapped in a box. And she's like, right now in this coaching container with your, your mentor that you love, cause she helped open your eyes and set you free. But baby girl, like she wants to grow her business really big, like how you want yours to be, but you have your own business that you are breaking an empire and you will never get to create that empire while you were busy running around doing zooms for this coach and lives for this coach and basically whoring yourself out to everybody. You have a divine purpose and it is huge and it's time to get out of the fucking box and I was like damn it man and so then there was a spiral downward for the end of 2021 (laughs) it was a like I I think we all felt that I think that was a collective thing of just trying to create recreate a new foundation because everything old is no longer gonna serve yep and I I I knew I went to the Tony Robbins conference in um in November that looked amazing. It was a good time. Like I fell in love with, I saw, I looked at him and um, I watched how he did stuff. Cause I'm like, that's on my vision board. That's in my like daily, like manifestation of myself. I was like, I'm taking his crown. I don't need to be him, but the level he's at, that's where I'm going. Mm-hmm. So I just, I kind of like paid attention and took notes. And then I set the vision for myself that uh, one of the ladies that was on his stage, the lady that oh, I can remember her name. She has a cosmetic brand. 
Kern, Jamie Kern, something. She's got like three names. And she started off as a waitress and a newscaster and she created makeup and people didn't want to buy it from her because she was kind of, she's not overweight, but she's not like, you know, picture perfect. So that was the reason why she got so many no's. And finally somebody let her know, like, do you really want to know why? You know, like people aren't going to buy makeup from someone that looks like you. And instead of like losing weight and like, you know, changing herself, she said, man, y'all got me messed up. And so she just kept pushing. She just kept believing in her product and she got on QVC and she sold out. And now she's a billion dollar company that L'Oreal like bought from her or something. So she was on his stage. And I'm like, that's that. I'm like, I'm speaking on Tony Robbins's stage. Damn it. I don't know how this is going to work, but we are meeting. I'm manifesting me meeting him. He's going to see me. He's going to learn. He's going to be like, yo, this girl's the truth. I'm like, and it's a wrap. I feel this this calling over your life so much right now. (laughs) Like that, 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 like, it wasn't even, I'm not going to lie. Like the conference was because I've been on the journey already. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, life shattering. It was very, um, from almost like academic. Like I was taking notes. Yeah, no, because there's an act of learning to embody, which is also what you pivoted into, like understanding what you need to do to align yourself into that reality. Yes. It's not all by chance. It's not all by outside of you. You have to do that work too. Mm -hmm. And I think that going like that conference really like set the page because I think I would have ended the year um, and probably tried to force fitness again. Because in December, I ran like a four day really cheap challenge just to keep people like motivated during the holidays. And um, it was during that time that I really had to get real with myself and think about what are you doing for next year? Um, I signed up for Epically Aligned for uh, Manifestation Babes Bootcamp for uh, Manifesting. Why can't I say words right now? <laughs> her her um, bootcamp for vision board creation. And um, I remember when I first, oh, I had already decided at this point that I was gonna look into manifestation. Um, Sidetrack real quick. I was speaking with a lady from Toastmasters one day and I didn't want to because we didn't seem, I didn't feel like I had any reason to talk with this older lady because I was busy and I was stressed out. I had no time for connections, but she invited me out to lunch and I went out with her and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. She set me up on the path I'm on now. She goes, Bonnie, I just wanted to tell you you're a master at manifestation. And I was like, what? And she's like, I've been watching you and you don't realize it, but you are a master at it. And she's like, and you've been manifesting a lot of good things and probably a lot of bad things because you're not being intentional with the power that you have within you. And she started sharing these stories. Oh my gosh. She's staring me. She, she shared with me a story about how she manifested a very horrible accident for her husband. Cause she kept thinking about it. She's an ER nurse and she, I don't know, but she told me that. And she's like, that's why I brought you here because you have the power to create your life exactly the way that God has put it on your heart to do it. But if you keep on focusing on what can go wrong, Oh, like all the things that you don't want to happen, that's what you're going to manifest. And so she's the one that put me on the path of I'm a master at manifestation. So I started really diving into that last year. And that like, that's, when I um, really got into scripting. I had done scripting, um, started dabbling in it in 2020, but last year I really got deep into not just the vision board, but the meditating and the scripting and the connecting with my highest self and all this other stuff. So now we're in December and I'm like, what are you going to do, Bonnie? Are you going to go into another year of fitness coaching knowing getting well that that's draining you and that you are attracting women that don't want to do the work, not because there's anything wrong with them, but because you weren't supposed to be their fitness coach. You were supposed to be their life coach. That's why. And if anyone wants workouts that your life coaching client you can give them them because you know how to do it, but you need to stop with this. Um, 
And so I was really like, I took Catherine's class and I had already had it in my head that I was going to start pivoting towards manifestation and mindset coaching. But the first day of listening to her course, I shut down. I was like, this woman knows so much more than I do. I'm never going to be able to pull this off. She's got giraffes and zebras in her background. And woo, I went on a trip to Puerto Rico. Like, what is that, Bonnie? Like, who cares? And so I started getting in my head and I was so embarrassed and I shut down. I was like, I can't do this. But I had already set an alarm on my phone from, you know, like, I don't know when that was like, Hey, you're launching your first mindset course on this date. And I got the alert, like, Hey, it's two weeks out. You said you were launching January 2nd or 7th. And I was like, I did, didn't I? I was like, you need to do this, Bonnie. And I finished Catherine's Zeneca's course because I kind of like just no cap. Like I modeled it off of hers because success leaves clues. And I was, I remember after I finally went back and did all the stuff that she had me do, God is so cool, right? So I finished the the thing, her course, and I sat back and I was like, Bonnie, you know, all of this stuff. It's just, she was telling us through her lens and her experience, everything that she said, you know, and if not, it was something new, which is great, but it's nothing like that is too advanced for you. It's nothing beyond you, Bonnie, you got this. And then the icing on the cake was I got two confirmations. One one girl messaged me and she's like, I just wanted to say how good it feels to see another brown girl manifesting her dreams because you don't see a lot of that. So thank you. And I was like, really? Like, okay. And then I had a client who was going through some things and I heard a really good podcast by Manifestation Babe. So I sent it to her and I was appalled at her response. So everybody who's sensitive, like, you know, brace yourselves. But she goes, I noticed that she didn't respond to the link I sent her. So I sent it again, like, hey, start from from this part. And she goes, yeah, I'm sorry. Does it get any better than two white girls talking about how they discovered poor people? And I just, I, I was so mad because I'm like, first of all, girl, you're Greek. I'm like, so you are the, like, and, and like this, this brown skin, your ass is white too. Calm down. <laughs> Second of all, I'm like, how could you do that? I was like, this is a, two women sharing their stories. Like, it doesn't matter what their background is like this. I'm like, there's wisdom here. And we all, I'm like, we're all women. Like, I just was so appalled by the way that she chose to, to view these women that I like, you know, really got value from. And then God was like, Hey, Bonnie, do you see what's happening here? She needs to hear stuff like this from you because she can relate to you. Not everybody can relate to Catherine. Um, And then I thought about church, another parallel. I'm like, you did so well in youth ministry because there are a lot of Christians that had not experienced the pain and the the things that you have. And so those students flock to you because you have been through what they've been through. You've been through uh, just just turmoil that some of those leaders couldn't. And so when you taught them the, the gospel, you taught like you lived it, you breathed it, you knew what it was to be transformed by it. You weren't just spoon fed it. And so you teaching manifestation to women is going to like women that look like you or women that can relate with you is going to be your everyone has their reason he's like your people like putting the gospel to life truly in a way like actually putting it to life like it's not just words that you read it's it's actually living it and creating it and doing something with it and making it a reality of how we're supposed to live like as a guidebook it's it's really full of of truth in terms of how we can live instead of like restrictions and living by the restrictions is like what's keep keeping people so captive and like not in their own reality in something that was created for them a whole control mechanism so I was just I'm passionate about that because like you're just you're you're showing people that they they can pave their own way 
the control part that you mentioned, I feel like I never even realized that. And I was very mad and like, not mad. I'd get very offended when people would tell me like, oh, the church is used to control and religion is this, it's not because, you know, I was like in it. And I was like, no, what do you mean? It's for this. And now from a broader perspective, I view it as, um, well, one, I've come to terms with the fact that God is like, we put God in a box. And I know that Christians use that term a lot. We're like, don't put God in a box. I'm like, but that's exactly what you're doing when you say that this creator of all things only revealed itself, himself, themselves to this group of people this way. Meanwhile, there's people in French Polynesia who have never and might possibly never like experienced that. There are people the, the in, in South America who are around during Jesus' time that never experienced his like that. And I'm like, I'm I had such a hard time reconciling that. I was like, I why, why, why would he only, or he, she, why would God only come in this form? I'm like, I feel like every other religion is his manifestation, is the manifestation that his children would understand. Hmm. I'm like, America, the, the, the Hebrews understood God is this way. People in Asia yeah. understand God this way. I'm like, why are we like, once those things start, because I think the, the precursor to that was the fact that I knew I was always bisexual and it wasn't like a big thing to me. It was like, oh my God. But I just always knew I kind of went both ways. And so as a, as a youth leader, most of my students were like low-key gay or bi. And our church was so really hip and cool, but also very not with that. And I like I had to forgive myself for teaching so many of those kids like, yeah, well, you were made that way, but you got to suppress it for Jesus or something. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and, and and just realizing I'm like, no, it's not it's not either or. But sorry, the control part. What I came to in my mind to understand is that it didn't start off with bad intentions, religion started off like at the end of the day everything that is there is meant to keep you living a safer and happier life it's not meant to be like if you don't do this god will hate you it's more like hey if you have sex with multiple partners you might get a disease hey if you have sex with multiple partners you might get attached to them and get heartbroken you might create families that you don't have money to support you like there's so like when you look at the principle of what these things are I'm like it's not something that's supposed to control you it's supposed to kind of be your guide and help keep you be uh, a decent human being who enjoys life but then it became no if you don't do this then you are a horrible human being and yeah, it's like it's more of like society's take on it rather than what it's actually supposed to be about and like the whole like Jesus in himself like he's a beautiful beautiful like image of how we should be and how we should walk and how we should just treat other people with respect and kindness and be compassionate and make the time and and do something out of the generosity of your heart and believe in in the impossible Mm -hmm. and heal and be a healer and just that is the whole concept that you clearly walk by too that sets people on fire to like, okay, I can, I actually can take accountability for my life and I can get out of this situation and I can, I can do what I want. I, all my dreams are possible for me. And that's the thing. That's when I talk about control. That is, that is the main thing is people have been taught that they can't actually live the life that they want because of the pain that they live under. Mm. And so they're the programming that they're, they, they experience is like, okay, that's the deck of cards that you were dealt and you have to live with it. You have to deal with it. And Bonnie, you come in and you're like, nope. (laughs) Like, absolutely not. Nope. (laughs) 
Like we are not, we are not, no, I'm going to be a dope girl's wife for the rest of my life. Oh no. I'm like, we gonna have to figure this out. We gonna have to get out of this. I'm going to be a server for the rest of my, oh, that's cool for someone. But I, yeah, no, we gonna have to figure this out. And last year I was like, I'm not going to, even though like I'm blessed to make this money as a fitness coach and run this business, it is stressing me out. I might as well go work for corporate and be stressed out and do a job I hate. I'm like, the reason why you got into this is you always knew that you wanted to work for yourself or that you didn't really fit into people's, you know, I always knew every job. I was like, I could run this place better than him, or he's not that great of a leader and not to put them down, but I could just see almost like, I'm not meant to be here, but whatever. But I definitely didn't want to run a business. I was very intimidated by numbers. That feminine energy of just wanting to, on that note, the feminine energy is something that I'm very um, yes. critical, not critical of, but like, I love our feminine energy. But my thing right now is I look back at how, how much I get stuck in it sometimes. I get stuck in the receptive mode and it becomes the same way that toxic masculinity can be, can take the beauty of divine masculine energy, which is leadership and confidence and, and competence and, and going through with stuff. It becomes toxic when their asses want to, now I have like controlling and dictating. That's the toxic side. What's the same thing with the feminine side. We're supposed to be in our flow. Flow, like you can't be too in flow for Yeah, you can. Uh, <laughs> yeah, at some point you gotta you do something. Just, yeah, you can't just keep flowing for the rest of your life and expect that you're gonna receive everything because inspired action is just the di- divine synergy of it all. Like you need hmm. both. Yes, you need both. And I yeah. think that lately that's been my message, like teaching women that you know your your inability to stick to structures and systems is actually your divine gift of flow and wanting to be in your own flow. And that is beautiful, but you need to be aware of when you are now just like, just not doing anything and feeling entitled, which is where I was stuck at for years. Like, why isn't the church helping me pay my bills? What? Like, and I was like, Oh my God, Bonnie. Mm-hmm. There, there's definitely a lot to unpack there too because there's like wounds associated with the feminine energy as well as the masculine yes. and honoring both in itself that's like a whole podcast we could we could film um so when you when did you officially decide like okay we're we're lovingly releasing what no longer serves <laughs> such a good question <laughs> Technically in December was when I was like, you're not taking any more one-on-one fitness coaching clients, Bonnie. You are creating programs and you, you can keep your little fitness app, but you're not going to take one-on-one clients. If you want to have a subscription service, cool. And I downgraded most of my one-on-one clients who had been with me for a while and knew the basics to like a low cost, like subscription program for the app and the Facebook community so that they're still in here. They're still getting their workouts, but I don't have to be. uh. Mm -hmm. And then January rolls around and somebody hits me up for fitness. And instead of saying, I don't do this anymore, I took them on. And again, it was like, it was like sandpaper. It was like friction. Uh, I feel you. (laughs) Like they didn't want to cooperate. They weren't trusting the system. They were doubting me. They don't want to show up in the Facebook group. They don't, they basically didn't want to do the program and which, um, that was frustrating, but it was like a reminder, like, why do you keep doing this? You, you said you weren't going to do this anymore. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. But what month are we in? We're in March. I think March is when I like officially, like right now I'm still processing that because when people talk to me about their fitness and nutrition needs, I obviously want to like hop on, but then 
I realized something that I tell everyone, and this is a cute story too. I'm going to tie it in. If I don't come back to it, remind me. I'm going to tie it in. Um, I pulled up to the gym one day and I saw the car of this dude that likes me at the gym. And I know he likes me because he will, I will watch him move his workouts to whatever I'm doing or strategically be where I'm at. (laughs) And it's so cute. It's so sweet. Um, I'm just getting out of a relationship though. And so I remember when I pulled up and he's, his car is always like really close to mine too, in the parking lot. I'm like, he is on it. And so I remember I was like, all right, I'm out of this relationship. I've never dated because I've always been in relationships. I, I, I don't date. I meet a guy, we click, and then we're like together for years. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to leave my business card on his car. I'm going to do it. And then I sat there and I was like, but why though? And I do this a lot now with myself. I'm like, what's your intention? And I was like, I don't know, maybe a hookup, maybe. And I'm like, yeah, when you hook up with people, you end up dating them for years. Do you want to be with that man for years? You know how you are. And I'm like, well, not really. I'm like, well, what else, Bonnie? Dig a little deeper. Like, what else? Like, what are you feeling like this? Um, And I thought about him and I was like, he's just like all the guys that I always date. Like, he's the avatar. Like, he looks like them. Um, I have a type. It's usually like a Hispanic or an Italian looking male with dark hair. I'm like, he's he's that. Um, I was like, well, do you what do you like about him? Why would you leave your card on his car? Are you even attracted to him? And I was like, oh, oh, well, he looks like what I usually like you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I don't, I'm like, do you like the way he dresses in the gym? I was like, "Uh, no, I don't, but I don't want to be shallow. I'm like, but you don't like the way he dresses. I'm like, I don't. And then this is my highest self talking to me. She's like, do you like his facial features? I'm like, like, I'm not not crazy about them, but like, it'll do. And then I was like, do you even like the fact that he doesn't know what he's doing in the gym? And you can tell because his workouts, you're like, oh my God, girl. And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> like, so why would you do that? And it's because what you said, Chrissy, it's like, because he likes me and I feel entitled to give a piece of myself because I, that's what I'm used to. If a man likes me, every guy that I've dated, I've never liked them first yeah. or I was not crazy about them. They liked me. And so I decided, you know, like I decided that this, well, well, why not? And then I was like, no, we're not giving him your number because this is a year that we are doing everything that we want and nothing that we are and getting holding out for everything that you deserve. That's the most important thing because everything that you fully deserve, like highest self, Bonnie, like you're on that ladder up upwards going towards her. She has her whole life set up and her man and the house and the, and the career, the empire, all of it. Mm-hmm. So we're waiting higher higher and higher up that ladder to collect everything that you deserve that God intended for you. God put on your life for you because it's in your brain. It's in your soul. It's not even your brain, your soul. It is in my soul. And my teachable moment from that was I always tell people what you say yes to the universe or God to be like, all right, so this is what she's settling for. This is the level of acceptance that she's at. She's not ready for what's next. And I'm like, if you go put your card on that man's car, you're saying, yes, I want to keep dating dudes that are not on my level. I want to keep dating dudes that, that I know that I'm not like head over heels for, um, just because. And so I feel like in that moment, when I decided to not interact with him and not to take it forward, like there was an energetic shift. Mm, and with the fitness coaching, I felt like God is like, you continue to take clients. Then you're telling me, yes, this is where I want to stay. When you stop taking fitness clients and start taking this, this part of your business seriously, then like you'll be, then, then you're saying yes. Now you're aligning with your highest self, as opposed to going back to your default. Preach, preach. 
Girl, I'm literally, I've been in the same position where I'm, I've fully pivoted too. I've, I've decided no, no more. I'm not taking on any more fitness or nutrition clients. Like they can, I will, I will provide them a plan, but I'm not going to do, I will do it in a different capacity though. Right. You know, right. Where yeah, like it's not like the, you know, the typical online fitness coach who wants to lose five to 10 pounds in the next night, you know, like we're not doing that. <laughs> yep different capacity. And it's, it's making sure that there's no like energetic leaks in your life, in your business, where it's just, you're spilling over parts of yourself for people who aren't in full alignment with where you're going. Yeah. Mm. I love that you're just, you are, you have a vision on your life and you're, you are saying no to things. And that's such an important part of like actually moving forward. It's like being able to say no now, no more people pleasing. Yes. (laughs) And deciding like, okay, this is, this is where we're headed. I'm done with the past. What no longer serves, like allowing it to fall off is the hardest part of it too. But once you do, like you mentioned that energetic shift, that must've felt so good. I, for the past, I don't know what day that was on. And it's so funny. We are so cyclic, cyclical in nature because this last March was when I popped off of my business. And this year, I wouldn't say financially like March is like, you know, woo, oh, but like energetic an awakening of some yes. sort. I'm like, what? I'm like, girl, I, I, feel I it too. It's, it's insane. And I just, I started, oh, sorry. So I got into that, um, that like, um, alignment and all of a sudden I keep hearing in my spirit, are you ready? I hear this multiple times a day. Are you ready? And last year when those, that was being asked, I was like, no. And, and I, and when I was struggling in business, we all, if you have your own practice, you know, that your business is an extension of you, if your mindset's great and you're in alignment, like the, the stuff will come easily. But when you're not, you get stuck, you get stuck in your, your physical world, you get stuck in your inner world. And I was stuck. Like I wasn't bringing in consistently. That wasn't bringing in consistent clients. And it's because I didn't want to, like my highest self was like, we don't want to do this anymore. And I'm like, why can't I get more clients? She's like, we don't want to be here no more. We want to do the real stuff that we're supposed oh, to do. Girl, yes. Speak it. <laughs> and now that I'm like getting like saying no to that dude at the gym and, and saying no to like fitness, like one-on-one clients. And it feels so good to do that. And it's just like, now when I feel that in my spirit, are you ready? I'm like, yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. And I have so many people that God has sent to me. Like I have so many women that reach out to me and they're like, Hey, um, I don't know what I can offer, but I love what you're doing. Can I help? And I was like, I really don't like, I can't afford you right now. They're like, that's okay. What can I do? And I'm looking around and there's just like women that like, and I was like, this is, this is my, I'm like every, the pieces are coming together. Like I'm looking at the vision board and the things like I have on their serial entrepreneur. There's at least two or three other businesses or side like projects that I want to start. Last night I sat my kids down. I was like, you're starting your own businesses. We're going to start a family business for you guys. And um, by the time you're in your mid twenties, you will be out. You won't be running in the, you won't be in the business anymore. You'll be having other people. You'll have your own business. And I was like, that would have never come to me last year. Now that I'm aligning with my highest self, I literally am in the entrepreneurial spirit where everything I look at. I'm like, that can be a business. I can make money here. I can turn this around. I've yes. never been like this before. So many op- <laughs> no, there's literally so many un- unlimited opportunities out there. And once you finally see them, and once you realize that if something's not working, it's actually opening up so many new doors, yes. you're set for life. And it gets to be a fun ride. Like it gets to be <laughs> instead of 
trudging through all the resistance and trying to figure out like what's going to work, what's not going to work. Oh, I have all these bills I have to pay. Mm -hmm. So it's creating an opportunity for just new streams of income to come in. New, just all of the new, welcoming in the new. (laughs) And ladies listening, like the, the whole there's so, so much can be said about what you, what you just elaborated on, but it's true. Like it doesn't have to, if you're resisting or if you're noticing doors keep closing, or as one of my ladies loves to say, I can't catch a break. First of all, let me expound on the, I can't catch a break thing real quick. When I hear people say, I can't catch a break. This is what I hear. And this is what I see. I see someone with two toilet paper rolls, not even toilet paper, paper towel rolls, right? And not even binoculars. You don't get binoculars. You get busted ass paper towel rolls. And that's <laughs> is how you see the world and there are literally opportunities above the paper roll below the paper roll beside it all around it but because you're seeing life through the lens of i can't catch a break this is all that you can see you are laser focused on how nothing is working out for you when if you would take that belief out take those lenses off you'd be able to see things all around you i have a lady in my facebook group love her to death but she's always talking about she can't catch a break and she can't do this and she's depressed she's a good friend that's why i'm i wouldn't just talk about a random oh yeah i'm depressed and i can't get out of bed but like i know i need to do these things that y'all are running in your group. I know these free challenges I need to do, but I just, you know, I just don't feel like doing them. I was like, you won't even get up and go in the sunlight. I'm like, I need you to get up and take a walk because the very thing that you're resisting, there's the every, what you're resisting, the reward is in it. You're resisting yes. your, your reward is in the workouts. If you're resisting pivoting in your business, the reward is in you pivoting and her resisting the things that she, she, I can't catch a break. I'm like, you're literally in a group that I created designed with women who are supporting you, who are encouraging you. I'm running. You catch a break. <laughs> like, I was like, get, yeah. go get your break. It's right there. Mm-hmm. And I think the element of that too is like what you have such a strong foundation of now is the faith before it, mm-hmm. the faith before the reward through the resistance is like, okay, mm-hmm. when the resistance comes, that's such an opportunity to lean on your faith because your external reality is not actually representing anything that you wanted at all. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like you're literally looking through paper towel or two toilet paper rolls like I can imagine like the toilet paper coming off like there's a dump (laughs) on the floor (laughs) like it's it's nasty like can you have the faith in those moments that things are going to get better and that is that is something to be said like I will I will 100% take ownership over the fact that I have a lot more faith than my mom has even told me even when we were in the church she's like you take a lot of leaps of faith and I don't know where that came from Um, I don't know if that is something that I I don't know where, maybe it'll come to me. Maybe I want to spend some time and ask, but I feel like it's because I made an agreement. I don't know how old my soul is. I don't know how many times I've been here, but I do know that somewhere in my spirit, I told God I would do it. I don't know what it is, but somewhere in my spirit, either as a young child or when I was a young teen and I was getting, um, connecting with God somewhere within there, I made a pact, like, I can remember being on my knees and I don't really remember the scene. I don't remember the time. I don't remember the year, but I remember connecting in the, in the soul world and the energetic field, whatever you want to call it. I remember like saying like, I'll do it. And he's like, it's going to be like, it's going to cost your life. Like it's going to be 
not that you're going to die, but he's like, this is going to be a rough life. And I was like, if it means that I can change lives and if that's what you want me to do and it's going to be okay in the end, then I'll do it. And I don't remember which Bonnie said that, but I know in my soul, I feel it. So that when I'm going through things, I have always viewed life through the lens of, yes, this freaking sucks. But when you survive it, you're going to be able to tell women how you did it and it's going to change them. So keep going, Bonnie. And because of that strong connection to my purpose, that's why I keep going. And that's why I made the boss life blueprint, because for those of you that have trouble sticking with what you're doing, it's because you're not connected to your purpose. That's why we have vision boards, because when you're connected to your, vi- without a vision, you're, when it's hard, you're going to stop. When people come to me when, with their weight loss or their, 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 I don't know what I want. I just want you to coach me. I'm like, so that's not coaching. That's mentoring. Coaching means I'm taking you to a specific goal. I'll mentor you too, but I need us to understand that the difference, but at the same time, like when they come and they have zero vision for what they want in their life, they're just wanting me to fix it. I'm like, so this is actually not a great place for you to be in. Come back to me when you know what it is you want me to help you with, because I've too many times people have done that and they relied on me to be their life-changing agent. And when the program was done, they went back to where they were before because they're relying on me um, to, to complete their transformation. And it's because they didn't have a vision for themselves. They didn't know where they wanted. And half of the, a lot of times the women don't have the vision for themselves because they have been so beat down through life because they have been similar to like what I experienced, but in their own right, like they felt like they were nothing. They felt like they were just a mom. They felt like they can do things. And if that's your story, the first step that you can take is to surround yourself around women that think, act, talk like me and Christy do, because if you're going to stay in this, like you can't solve a problem from the same level of consciousness that created it. And so if you, your whole life have grown up thinking that you ain't shit, you ain't worth shit. Nobody's going to love you. Like I, like I created in my head, as long as I stayed around low level thinking people, that's the narrative. But once I started surrounding myself around people who just like me, I would have never known, but who had some serious life challenges too, and rose above it. And so with Toastmasters, um, bringing that into play. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, I remember going in there, first of all, that was scary as fuck, but I remember I was like, if you're going to be, you're going to, you're going to speak on stages, Bonnie, you're going to speak in front of thousands of people. This is a room of 30. You can do this. And so, um, and this room of 30, they're usually older men. They're all, most of them are over 50, well-established lawyers. They all have their own business. Some of them are millionaires and, um, very few women. And it, it still is kind of a boys club. I love all of those people. Now that is my family. That is such an interesting mix of people, but that is my family. But in the beginning, it was very intimidating. And I remember I kind of went in with a chip on my shoulder, like, well, I'm going to show them how rough my life was as a young black mom. And I'm going to give my speeches and talk about my issues with the patriarchy and men and um, all of the times that men have like made me feel uncomfortable. And I did, and I'm proud of myself for it. But then I would hear some of their stories. And I was like, oh, wow, everybody has a story. What? Yes. It's not just Bonnie that suffered this man, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I'd hear their stories and I was like, wow, what a victim lens I still had. Like yeah. what a complex I still had. Like, I'm not going to deny the plight of women of color, or people of color, but like to get to the point where you feel like no one, and no matter what color you are, to get to the point where you feel like no one else has suffered as much as you, you're doing yourself a disservice because now you're, you're living in this world where no one can understand you. No one can connect with you. No one can provide any sort of wisdom to you because they haven't been what I went through. And that's how I acted for a long time. But once I got around these people who loved me, saw my gift, encouraged me, have started 
started their own businesses so they can give me steps. They've been paid to speak. So they give me tips. And so now I'm surrounded around people who, who are always like challenging me to be better. And if you are not around people that are challenging you to be, yeah, challenging you to be better, challenging your beliefs for the good, then you will stay in that little echo chamber that you have where you're the victim and nobody can understand you and my pain and my troubles. And why isn't this changing for me? That like stepping out of my comfort zone as cliche as it is, was the best thing I ever did. Like those people, like it, it's been such a growth process and such a eye opener every single week. So. That leads me into what I really wanted to ask you for our, like just all of the listeners we have here today is like, how do you get outside of your comfort zone and show up despite the fear? Because there's so much that you're, we're talking about, about women who need to get to that point and they know that they have this in them, but they're afraid you, you saw the fear, you felt it and you did it anyways. And you continue to do it every single day by showing up. What are your biggest recommendations for everyone listening? Who's trying to get to that next level and push through? It's a really, really good question. And you can see the wheels (laughs) turning. I'm like, okay. I know there's so much within you on this because you're so confident and you have, you've, but you built that too. So it's not like it was something that was innate. And I think a lot of women think that, oh, she's just like that. That's just who she is. And like, that's just, God did that to her. Like she's, she's just lucky. And it's not luck at the end of the day for any of us is none of us were lucky. We had to work for everything that we have. I mean, most of us (laughs) Um, and, and use our strong suits and our skills to advance to where we want to be. But there's an element of fear that wants to keep us captive. But with Toastmasters, I saw I I watched you. I remember watching you when you started it. And I was like, you you do your lives or like post an IGTV right after it. I was like, she she looks lit up. That would that would be scary to me. But I feel like something like that would benefit me, you know, and so many women probably see that, too. And they're like, okay, how do I do that? How do I do that? How do I get past myself? So that's a really, I love that. How do I get past myself? Well, I think the biggest thing that has helped me step out of my fear is the connection to the vision. Because one of my business coaches, one of my first ones told me, um, he said, if you have a gift to share with the world and you aren't, you're being selfish. Mm. And I felt attacked. I was like, I'm not selfish. Like, I was like, what? And so that always stuck with me. You have a gift to speak, Bonnie, and you have a gift to make complex uh, concepts simple, and you have a gift to inspire people with your words. And you sitting around here being afraid of that, there are women, think of all the women in your life that have changed your life because they were obedient to their calling. And I was like, I want to be that woman. And so that's, that's where like, I changed the name of the company too, like embodiment. Like I want to, I want to be that woman. I'm like, well, you got to be your now. Um, and I, I spent a lot of time, not in my head in a negative way, but like really asking myself difficult questions, like something as simple as if you can't, uh, talk in front of this room of 30, do you really think you're going to be able to talk in front of a room of thir- uh, thousands of people? 
And if you really believe that that's what you're called to do and that's what you want to do, you got to do this, Bonnie. So connecting to the vision and having like knowing, knowing my purpose. And for people, it's really hard for me to coach people that don't like connect to any sort of spirituality. No God, there's nothing. So I'm like, I don't know how to get you to understand that you got a divine purpose then. I don't, I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. you go I'm like, <laughs> so. that's like the biggest thing. I'm like, so I don't care if you believe in the Easter bunny is your divine source. You got to like knowing, knowing, oh my gosh, this is so powerful. And this is why spirituality or religion is such a, 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 a tool. When I would read the Bible, one of my favorite verses was about Elisha and the chariot of fire and the, the army surrounding them. And I remember Elisha saying like, God, tell this man, like, we are not alone. Can you open his eyes and show him how many, um, de- how many angels are here supporting us? And that just gave me chills because whenever I was younger and I would feel like I was alone, he'd be like, do you understand you're not doing this alone? And when I can remember, I'm like, you're not doing this alone, Bonnie. I'm like, okay. I'm like, God's on my side. The angels are on my side. And as a black woman, I'm like, my ancestors are on my side. I'm like, they didn't die. They didn't what? go through what they went through for me to sit here and not get up and speak. They couldn't speak. They couldn't do the things that I can do now. How can I not show up? How can I not? I'm not black. As a female, there were females that could not speak and do what we're doing now. How can I not do this? How can I not? And so that, like that connecting to the bigger purpose, knowing that God is on my side. And if you don't believe in God, knowing that your ancestors and your spirit guides, knowing that you're not alone, that is enough for me to to remind myself. That is like the biggest part, my spirituality, my connection to God, my, I'm not going to act like I'm super connected to my ancestors because I'm not, but I do think of them. I think of the, I honestly feel like maybe I was Harriet Tubman. I don't know, but I know that like. (laughs) I'm like, there was, I'm like, there was, there's no, if they could do that, if they could do that, then I can do this and more because Jesus said that Jesus said like, I did all this great stuff, but you're going to do even more. And so me knowing that he gave me the power of the tongue to speak life and death and speak things to existence, the way that the earth was spoken into existence, whether you don't believe that or not, that's cool. But knowing that I was given that, that gift, it's an innate gift. I don't have to be, I don't have to abstain, abstain from sex to have that gift. I don't have to have a clean mouth to have that gift. That is my divine right. So that helps me feel empowered. That helps me face my fears. But that came with time. Another belief that I have is that confidence comes from competence and you only become competent in something when you practice it. And so I practice stepping out of my comfort zone with little baby steps. Okay. Little baby steps. And eventually I feel okay. Like with me wearing my bathing suit, wearing a thong, my first time ever wearing a thong bathing suit a couple of weeks back, I got there because slowly I would wear two pieces with a coverall, two pieces with a little shirt over it. To, and to the point where, like, the, the biggest pieces. part of my, my life coaching program is do things that scare you. Do, and- feel the fear, do those things. I love that. <laughs> one of my coaches, the same one that told me I was being selfish He had a comfort crushing challenge for us. The first uh, four weeks of his eight week program, you couldn't go on to week five, six, seven, eight, which was the business part until you did the four weeks of mindset. Mm -hmm. And one of the comfort crushing challenges was going up and asking um, 20 people for $5 and not telling them why. And that junk messed my whole world up because I had to come to terms with the fact that I have this need to over explain myself. Um, and, and you couldn't, you couldn't tell them why. So you just go up to stranger, ask for $5 and you can't tell them why. And I got rejected back to back, to back, to back, to back. 
every time. Um, and I remember thinking, well, not, it's not important what I remember thinking. I wish that I could tell you guys that <laughs> after that I was cool with rejection and my business skyrocketed. No, that was like in 2018. And I still was not like securing myself. But th- me doing that, when I was done, I was like, you just asked 20 strangers for $5 and you didn't die. You can do this, Bonnie. And it was kind of like the little, little pep step that I needed. And I think that when it comes to facing our fears, we are always looking at the top of the mountain at the bottom. Like we're at the bottom and we're staying at the top of the mountain. And of course it seems scary. Of course it seems far away. Of course it seems unattainable. Anybody asking you to get to the top of the mountain overnight. If you can just take this, this journey one step at a time, you'll look back and be like, look how much I've accomplished. But if you're only staring at the top of the mountain, your ass is never going to get there. You will never get there. So stop doing that ladies. If your ultimate goal is to, you know, quit your job, maybe just start with putting boundaries to your boss or standing up for yourself at work. Like no one's, you know, you, there, there, there are steps that you can take to get there. And we tend to overwhelm ourselves with that all or nothing concept. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Make it simple, break it down break little it by little. It is like everything that you've talked about today. And this is such an important concept is like a big dream happens in small increments. Mm. You have yeah. to be okay with just you know, being at square one sometimes and still having like this, this vision that's you're already at A and it's way over at M and then you have Z, wait, like 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line. You have to be okay with just accepting right here and right now and doing what you can to slowly align yourself to receive, to receive and to get into that place. You said what you said was, uh, I love that there was a part that stuck out to me and it was like when women or people, when we're on our weight loss journey, we want to lose a certain amount of pounds by a certain amount of time. And if we don't have a good coach or a good system or someone in our head, we will get very discouraged with ourselves if we don't reach that goal, mm-hmm. um, in that timeline. And one of my things I love to ask them, like, who gave you that timeline? Like who gave you that? Like who said it had to be done by then? If you lose that 30 pounds and it took you a year and a half, do you think in a year and a half, you'll be mad that it took you a year and a half or will you just be happy you did it? And I had to come to terms with the first vision board that I made um, at the end of 2020 that really set the tone for 2021, the first one I ever did, and it really worked. There were some things up there that didn't come to pass. And I remember that was another like morning thing that I was going through in the end of December. I was like, dang, man, I didn't come near that monetary goal. And And again, I had to ask myself the tough questions. I was like, well, why not? And I'm like, I don't know. I guess I didn't really care. And I'm like, so it wasn't your goal, was it? I'm like, no. I'm like, I put that up there because my business coaches are. I put that up there because that's the industry standard, you know? Yeah. And I realized, I was like, it wasn't really, it's not that serious, whatever. Flash forward to this year now. And I'm like, you're definitely going to hit that goal this year. And then some. Mm-hmm. I think you're mad. Like, I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, this is giving yourself that grace and, and releasing um, not only the attachment to the outcome, but the timeline of the outcome when I get married and I have my beautiful life that I have been waiting my whole life for, I don't think that I will look back and be like, God, why didn't you do this in my twenties? I'm like, I'm just so glad it's here now. Mm. And, and we, we- I hear you, you're this version of you. 
I'm like, this is, we, we punish ourselves and we do ourselves a disservice when we, when we think with our little human minds that we know exactly how things are supposed to play out and when they're going to play out. And I'm like, boo-boo, look at the things you used to wish for when you were a teenager. If you had gotten them, how crazy your life would look. You really don't know what you're doing. So it would be smart of you to tap into your highest self that's connected to the divine and the wisdom that you don't have and trust the process rather than leaning on your own human understanding, which is, you know, pretty limited. Focus on becoming too. That's mm-hmm. what I love about whole embodiment practices in general. It's like, you need to be that version of yourself already. If you really want all these things, like you can't handle it. God, God wants to give it to you, but you won't be able to handle it. <laughs> I don't know who needs to hear this, but I remember so many times in my business when I was praying for bigger months and for oh, yeah. uh, more success. And I had to have several come to Jesus moments. Like if you were to get hit right now with 20 clients, would your business fall apart or would it be able to function? Would you have sleep at night? Where would you be right now if that were to happen? I want this. Can you even handle that? No. So I'm like, you can, you can, you can like, oh, good. Here's a, oh my gosh. So I have this in-person mentor that saw me and like, excuse me, he actually, God is so good. So (laughs) I met him through a mutual friend at Universal that I used to work at at Universal. And this friend is doing really big things in the Bitcoin and crypto industry and technologies and stuff. And we stayed good friends even after we both left the, the service industry. And they had a work, a co-working space here in Orlando. And I, I don't know if I went to it before the pandemic or during the pandemic. I know they invited me there once and it was a whole bunch of like entrepreneurs and tech people. And I was like, this is not my scene. He's like, you don't need to talk to them, Bonnie. It's just a working space for you to work on your business. I was like, oh yeah, sure. I'll, I'll come check it out. And then when the quarantine hit um, and we were in the same house, my kids, my sister's kids, my mom, my dogs, like it was a lot. So I was like, I think I'll go check out this co-working space now. And in 2020, I spent, I remember telling my kids and my family, I'm going to be like not very present. I'm building the business right now. I love y'all, but I'm going to be spending day and night at this co-working space because no one's there because it's a pandemic. So I had the whole space to myself and the owner of the co-working space. Um, he's also into crypto and he's also a former life coach, former consultant, has like his master's in psychology, just is very accomplished man. And he saw me there and he's like, oh, she's, you know, whatever. Didn't think much of me. But then after, like, literally I was the only person in that space day and night because um, nobody would come because of COVID. And he started looking at me he's like this girl's serious and now here it is like a year later and now he's like putting me like he's showboating me to people and he's taking me under his wing and he's like mentoring me and doing um some unconventional shadow work with me on a weekly basis and it is intense and it is it is it is it is humiliating and it hurts but it is so helpful and it, it is it is like I don't even remember why I started telling this story, but like this, my time with him, the work that we're doing, like it is, it is transforming me and we're becoming, that's, that's in front of people. He will literally have me in the room with people that have done amazing things in technology that I don't even want to say, cause I don't want to feel like I'm name dropping. But then after they leave, he's like, oh, that was so-and-so. And I was like, Oop. I was like, why didn't you tell me? He's like, because you need to be ready at all times. He's like, you're going to be future Miss Tony Robbins. You need to get used to being around rich people and you need to know how to conduct yourself. And I came home that day and he's done that twice. One, I will say uh, Kajabi, which is where my courses are. He had me sitting with one of the founders of Kajabi and didn't like tell me until like afterwards. 
Um, and I was so embarrassed, <laughs> but I, I just remember thinking, you say you want to be a billionaire, Bonnie. And when you're around these people, you are so uncomfortable. You are so uneasy. You go back to default, which my default is ditzy. My default is acting like I don't know anything. And I'm just a cute Girl, little girl. Default. And, mm. and he calls me out on it. Like he, he's like, did you see how you switched oh, to this, this and that? And I was like, oh God, I do. And then I sat down and had like a, a moment with myself. And I'm like, you said on this vision board that you want to do all of those things. Do you realize that you will have to, you have to be, you're going to have to be, yeah. Like these are people that you were going to come in contact with. You're not going to become a billionaire sitting at home on your computer, on your laptop. You're going to have to meet some of these people and get used to being around this much value. And it made my nervous system freak out realizing that, yo, I am still uncomfortable around people that are insanely wealthy. I need to, I need to, we need so to embody much. And the nervous system aspect of things is such a huge element of it as well. You have to make sure that that healing is there because yes. if you tense up and go back into default, guess what? There goes your opportunity. Yeah. You get, you get, you can have as many opportunities as you want. Like there's no limit to it. So that's, we always have that grace, but that's the difference between being where you want to be in two years or 20. We're not waiting till 20, <laughs> 20 that years hit. from now. <laughs> I, I think that was a really big eye opener. The biggest eye opener was when he said he he's like, hey, I have a client for you and she wants to pay you an amount of money. Like, I don't even want to say the amount of money, but he said he's like, I told her you were this much. I'm like, that's how much I am for like three months. He's like, yeah, I told her that's how much you are monthly. And my nervous system shut down. I had like an existential crisis for the whole weekend. I was like, I'm not ready to talk to her. I'm not ready to work with her. Why would you tell her that? What can I offer that late? Like, I, I'm not good. Like, and then I started like, it was, How you? oh my God, it was so bad. And I realized I'm like, you still need to come to terms with your value. You still need to come to terms with your worth. And it's, it's a work in progress. I'm sharing this with you guys because I've, I've done really well for myself and my business. And I still when faced with the opportunity to be outside, like I had to come to terms with there's still work to do. The work doesn't stop. You get to yeah. a new level and now it's like, okay, now you get to heal your trauma with this level that's not ready for this. Okay, now you've leveled up again. Cool. Now you get to be this version of you that is healing through like that. I'm like, dang it, man, there's so many layers. So many layers, but it's that's the best part about it. And that's what that's how you know that you're actually unlocking those next chapters mm -hmm. and next doors. And that's it's a blessing in disguise. So when we have that, we, when we feel privileged to be able to even be triggered again, the triggers are so important. That's another element of why pain is so purposeful yes. because it guides us, it redirects us, it shows us what we need to work on so we can be open and receive it. Mm -hmm. And if we're constantly in that state of just being triggered without learning from it and, and using it as guidance, then what are we? We're the same. We're the same. And we have all of this untapped potential that's out there. Mm -hmm. So feeling the feel the fear and doing it anyways. And, you know, there's no doubt that you'll, you'll have that client and more. Mm -hmm. You'll What's be selective. Funny? You're going to have a wait list. <laughs> that like, and What's funny is I got to be, I got to be curious in that situation. Okay, Bonnie, why did you freak out when he told her you were this much? And I worked through that the whole weekend. And yes, it was because I had never charged that much, but I'm looking, I was like, but the goal is what? 
you need to be okay with receiving that amount of money for what you have been through, what you have invested in yourself, everything. And so after I got through that hump, I redid my program prices and got comfortable with being okay charging that amount of money. But then I got to unravel another layer, which is she is not my ideal client. I don't care how much she's paying me. I was like, she, this is so good. I know the type of women I want to help. And I would be out of alignment to take her money just because it's that much money. She's not the kind of woman I want to help like full transparency. And there's nothing against, I have nothing against these sort of things, but she's already had a lot of work done on her body. And Mm -hmm. so one, I don't feel comfortable training someone that has had that much work done on their body. Cause I don't know the, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know, like if we're doing glute training or like, I just, I don't feel comfortable. I'm not experienced in that. Number one. Um, number two, I help women pivot with a purpose. I yep. help women get into alignment. And if they need help with their nutrition and their fitness, then that's what I do. But this person is already like buku rich. And I think they're just looking for like, you know, the, a celebrity coach to come yell at them and like, you know, like just them parade me around with them. Like, and I'm like, that would be so cool, but that's not what I want to do. And I had to let my mentor know, like, I appreciate you putting me on with her. And it was a lesson and me knowing my worth, but that's not the kind of client that I help. And that's why it's so important to have that purpose and that vision at the forefront that all ties together. Because if you're not so clear, like crystal freaking clear, you're going to keep accepting everything that's out of alignment because, and, and then, and then bring yourself out again. I don't know if you've experienced any kind of burnout with that. with Yeah. (laughs) Certain people, like if it's not a match, it's, if it's not energetically a good fit, then it's a no, it's And knowing the energy of that is so important, understanding your value and where you're headed. If I would get like, I can, there are some clients who I'm like genuinely so excited to hop on the phone with. And then in the past, there were some clients who like, I was, you know, excited if something came up and it didn't happen because in looking back now, it's like, we, we were not aligned at all, but you did it because, you know, I got, I got to hit this goal for my money that the coaches told me I got to get to be yeah. successful or, you know, the, the I got to help not about the money. It's not about the money at the end of the day. It's like, you're here to change lives and the capacity in which you want to change people is different from someone who's just like looking for a quick transformation and maybe doesn't want to dive into that. And so like, it just makes the whole financial exchange weird too, because (laughs) monetarily based and it's like, they can feel it. You can feel it. And it's like, "Mm, that's not really what I'm about, but you're projecting that it's like that it is. (laughs) Mm, That's a, that's a whole important to be aligned. So incredibly important to make sure that you're fully um, just in line with your vision because then the money exchange doesn't have to be weird too. Right. And you can do it confidently and not awkwardly or like, yes, I, I felt that so much. I didn't even really think about that part too much, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right. So where, where are we headed now? Where are you headed now in terms of what you're building and what do you see for yourself? Um, this year, your projects this year, I mentioned a little bit about what's what you've got going on, but I'll let you take over. So I am, we just got done doing a four day mind and body challenge or just check yourself. 
And it was so simple and so easy. We just had the women do like a midday check-in and we gave them a form like, how am I feeling? How's my body feel? What am I thinking? Um, am I in my feelings? How do I want to feel? And what do I need to do to get there? And we challenged them to go live. We challenged them to do the morning like meditation and movement with me in the morning. And it was a really good setup to get healthy habits established. And I saw that and I was like, I want to keep them on the same momentum and I want to provide that service. So either this week or next week, I'll be launching a like super affordable $9.99 monthly program with access to the, the my app so that you can go in and still do all of those things. And I'll give you your goals. It won't be so much fitness focus as just healthy habits. So yeah. Um, you know, how the fitness apps usually are that we have the workouts on. I'm going to take the workouts out and just replace them with meditation videos or little morning motivations from me. And then on their to-do list, it'll, you know, have the reminder for their water and have the reminder to check in with themselves. And then because it is a fitness-based app, they can still, you know, if they ran today or jog, they can do that. And just a way to keep you accountable. Um, so we do have that. We haven't even named it yet. Um, cause I, 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 but, um, that is, that is a subscription that I'm creating for that program. I think I'm probably going to call it the, I still have no idea, <laughs> but we have that I'm actually working on that today. Um, I'm also relaunching my boss life blueprint in May renaming it because boss life is what, how I interpret what I'm doing, but I want it to be something that is aligned with, with mm -hmm. people. So I'll be relaunching my group coaching program in May. Um, upcoming in April though, I am going to create a mini master, uh, a masterclass, probably going to be three weeks. And it's going to be about a mindset makeover. Cause I realize everyone is like, I want more mindset stuff. So I'm going to create a masterclass in April. We don't have a date on that yet, but we do have the mindset makeover coming. And then my biggest, my, my, the one that makes my stomach jump that scares me the absolute most is I'm not going to start a second business because I don't think that's necessary, but underneath this business, I'm going to be starting a virtual assistant agency for soul aligned entrepreneurs. So I've had interesting experiences with VAs for fitness. Me too. Coaching. Me too. <laughs> and for the ones that there, there's one company that is insane. They are amazing and they're super savage, but as someone that is not just a fitness coach, it wasn't aligned. I didn't like the way that they were conversing in the DMs with. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to create, basically, it's not even a virtual assistant agency. It's more like a, a team. And I want to put together like a team, like each coach will be able to have at least one or two people helping them with their social media, helping them with their day-to-day -day task, and then also helping them strategize because we go through these business coaching programs. It's almost like college. You graduate and you get out there in the real world with your business and you, you need don't that support. Yeah, you, you're like, you need support. You need someone to bounce ideas off of. Um, and then most coaches don't. And so, and I've watched it happen and they don't and they fizzle out and they go back to default. And so I want to create this, this um, agency for where you're getting help with your tasks, your virtual assistant tasks, but we're also helping you feel supported in your business. And so that's a venture. That's something that I'm creating and I'm networking and I'm getting a lot of women. But the reason why it makes me the most happy is because I know so many women that either don't have a lot of like college experience or a lot of like work experience because they've been stay at home moms, but they know social media like nobody's business. And so I want to be able to, and they want to feel purposeful. That's what anybody wants. They want to feel like there's a purpose in their life. And so I'm going to be employing so many women to help build businesses for other women and 
Um, and it's gonna like, I just, I'm so excited about the opportunity to create jobs for women. And they're going to be able to say like, I, I'm an online business manager. If they don't want to call themselves a virtual assistant, then their, their title and my, in my company will be online business manager. And I want to provide that for them. And I'm just, I'm super excited. I don't know what it's going to look so like. I'm so excited for that. <laughs> yes. Yes. I've, I mean, side note, I've had like so many different VAs. I'm like looking to actually create like a, a, a new team because it just same thing with like fitness coaching and just not being in alignment of like where the vision is and like the skills necessary and whatnot. So I love that you're creating that. And it's such, it's so needed. Plus the opportunity for women to like get online too and to help and to, you know, it might inspire them to create their own thing too on the side. And that's, that's such a blessing because everyone has a calling on their lives mm-hmm. and it starts small. Like everyone has these experiences that lead them to their purpose. That wake them up and they're like, Oh snap. Okay. I can do this. Well, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. As far as the fear thing goes, like you said earlier, start there, like give yourself small wins because once you have that little win, now you're in momentum, but it's really hard to keep making movement if there's no momentum. Preach, preach. Well, I am so happy that you came on the podcast today. It was such an honor and a blessing to be able to finally connect and talk about all of this. There's just so much value, I think, that the listeners can get from this, just in terms of creating the vision and their purpose and using their story to be the catalyst for something amazing and great in their lives and and having the faith that it's going to happen. You're such a testament to that just from what you've been through and where, and where, um, like how you were and who you were and how you've been able to change the narrative of your story and, and create something different and use it as something that's beautiful rather than staying in that victim mentality and, and default mode. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thank you so much for coming on today and can't wait wait for people to hear this until next time. Well, I will definitely have you back on again. And um, for everyone listening, you can find, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at coach bonds Mm -hmm. and on Facebook at Bonnie Patterson. I should be on TikTok, but I'm so, I can't. <laughs> There's so much to do. <laughs> There's so much to do. Yes. <laughs> but you're doing it and you're doing, you're doing it great. Like you're doing amazing. I'm so, I'm so inspired by you. And I think everyone in your circle could probably say the same thing. You are such a force to be reckoned with and it's all coming. Amen. I received that. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It has been an honor. And I really hope that uh, this message inspires, awakens, and lights a fire under somebody's ass to get up and start taking charge over their life because you have everything that you need to do that. It's all within too. If you start mm-hmm. setting your, t- I know I don't want to keep going, but I'll just end with this. It starts with setting the intention. Set the intention for what you want. And you're telling the universe and you're telling God, I'm ready. I don't know what's next, but this is, I'm ready for it. And before you know it, you'll look around and things start falling into place. Set the intention. Period.